0: giant robots smashing into other giant robots this is the giant robots smashing into other giant robots podcast where we explore the design development and business of great products i'm your host will larry and with us today is dr ann latz co-founder and chief medical officer at hello inside a company that specializes in scientific self-care Ann, thank you for joining us
1: thank you for hosting me today will Yeah,
0: I'm excited to talk about Hello Inside. Uh, And let's start there. Give us a quick summary about Hello Inside.
1: So we are a German-Austrian startup. Um, So we are based all over Europe, as actually all over the world, I have to say. And we help people by means of technology to understand their bodies best, so to really become an expert of their bodies. And the technology we use is not only a smartphone app that shows data, but a sensor that's called continuous glucose monitoring sensor that's like a little window you put on your arm that shows you in real time your glucose data and we at hello insight have then an app and a service around it that really helps you to understand your data and become an expert of your body because this data really gives you immediate feedback on what you do in, in the sense of eating moving but also how well you're slept how stressed you are
0: wow that's really neat You said you had the continuous glucose monitor. The body is so complex and there's so many ways that you probably could measure activity of the body. Why the glucose portion? Why are you doing glucose?
1: Yeah, I think there are two or maybe even three reasons to that. The first one is we do not have so many tools like biosensors or technology on the market which enable us to give us really continuous data on different biofluids or markers in the body so the first one is just that the the market here is quite mature because um, we know usually know glucose from the context of diabetes patients mm-hmm. and the technology has been developed years and years ago for those people and that's why we have a really really good technology really good sensors which have a high accuracy. The prices get lower and lower, so more and more people can really access this technology. And we just know already a lot about glucose management. The second is it's a super, super potent marker. So I'm a medical doctor from my background, and I do not know so many markers in the body. Maybe it's the heart rate variability or pulse that give us really immediate feedback to so many lifestyle Pillars. So I think eating is quite intuitive that it does something to our blood glucose, but also movement does, also sleep and stress and all these pillars immediately affect us. And we often know that, but this marker really gives us a take on how we can really visualize it in the moment and then create a change from that. Yeah. And the third is probably that it's just a really hot topic, um, the, the glucose monitoring currently. Because, and that's not actually not a good, good thing, but we have really not only an obesity epidemic, but really a metabolic health crisis. So a lot of people have problems with their glucose levels, not aware of it. A lot of people have in general problems with managing, yeah, I would say their metabolism and have an energy crisis in their body. You could put it like that. And that's why we are really interested in glucose, because if you manage glucose in the sense that you stabilize it, you can really improve your health in the short term and like how much energy you have, midterm in the sense of what your weight is, and of course long-term to prevent diseases like diabetes or heart disease.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think I, you're, you're correct. You know, glucose is the one thing, especially for me, is diabetes. You know, I know in that direction but also the after lunch drag that you hit the wall that you hit whenever your glucose spikes and then it calms down and spikes i mean and then crashes i think that's the other uh direction people understand uh glucose from
1: yeah for sure i mean um you, you bring a great example like the food coma after lunch everybody mm-hmm. knows it, like this energy uh, and fatigue in the afternoon but i mean you you seem to be a little bit familiar with the technology But a lot of people do not even connect the dots. They cannot really bring together what they eat and their behavior, for example, at lunchtime, how it really impacts them hours later. And what we love so much about the technology and what we can also use the HelloInsight service a lot for is really to find out what you do, like, what you think is healthy often. A good example is like a smoothie you, you drink and that might spike your blood because and you don't really understand it because you thought you'd you do a healthy choice. So it gives more nuances to what is healthy for you because it's, uh, and we didn't even stress that, but it's also highly personalized. So you and I would eat the same lunch and we would react completely different to it. So there's so much actionable data from it. That's, that's what we love. And yeah, it's a little bit like running a lab test like every every few minutes yeah. of the day <laughs> and give you the responses really on your smartphone to your hand and also some alternatives how to create change there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you brought that up because uh, one of the questions I had for you is uh, with Hello Insight, how do you see it combating the bad advice around self-care and dieting mm. when you're getting great scientific data uh, it's kind of hard to argue with the data and the numbers
1: for sure yeah i mean we, we all know like health wellness lifestyle it all gets very close together which has good sides and bad sides but of course people are still so confused and like what is really good for them and their bodies because healthy yeah it's not a very specific term especially in let's stay with the example of food what you put in and different diet regimes you had we see that there's so much frustration also in the market because all these one-size-fits-all recommendations in diet regimes or fasting regimes they do not work for all people and that's really why these personalized approaches and as you say data-driven approaches are so crucial Because then you really get power back and like trusting your body and understanding how your personal health and well-being is really influenced. At the same time, it's super hard because uh, some of these trends and fab diets have existed for a long time and have a huge community who, who really love them. But we see it really as a conversation, like a conversation we have with the users. But also conversation the users have with their bodies, because we know that creating change, especially behavior changes, is like the holy grail for all health and also weight management tools. But it's also something that just takes a little longer because you need some experimenting. You need to find out what really works for you. But I'm quite convinced that because when you see the data that's based on your body, that's something that you do not forget. If you see the, the foods that really spike you surprisingly, and this is really powerful.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I can understand the benefit of it, especially, you know, you're working out two weeks and your body really is not showing you any signs of change. But I can see how this could help showing you the change, even if it's small. Yeah. can say, hey, you're you're on the right track.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's like these small nudges. I mean, it's a monitor that already shows you the shortcuts and the little tweaks you make. Um, For a lot of people, I always say if you find one food, one spiking uh, element in your day and change that for the rest of your life, that's so much. For a lot of people, it's, it's already in the breakfast. They jump on the blood glucose roller coaster in the morning because they eat maybe a porridge without any added protein to it, so very really carb-heavy, and they think it's super healthy and drink the oat milk latte.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, in general, there's nothing wrong with those foods, but you can combine them even better and add something to it and not really eliminate stuff, but just add a nice mix of protein and fat to your carbs. And you will be so much fitter during the day. You will not have this huge spike putting you on the roller coaster in the morning. As we are very habitual people, I mean, people eat like 60 different foods per week, which is not a lot. Once you find out what really works for you, that's a super, super nice level for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, I have been guilty of, oh, I just ate a very healthy meal. And then I go back and look at the nutritional facts and it was like, what did i just eat because this was not healthy
1: yeah we should always learn and make mistakes and like learn again and it's like a jungle out there i mean health in general is like uh, the the healthcare market is quite complicated um, and, and I think that doesn't only apply to Germany, but definitely to where I'm based, but also mm-hmm. to the US. It's and like all the different markets and for food, it's the same. I mean, that's like a little bit the enemy we all are trying to deal with because the food industry is so powerful, has so much lobby and gives so confusing information that this is really the what we can use our tools now for to understand what really these, I would say, not always healthy, but claimed healthy foods do to us.
0: So I have a question around the wearable technology. So the last couple of years, there's been a trend of wearable technologies, the garments, the Apple watches. This takes it to the next level. This is way more accurate than any of the wearables. Do you see this as the future in the next five or 10 years?
1: Yeah, probably um, there in the next five or 10 years, we will see even more uh, to it in the sense of personalization. And also, like I personally believe that we really have a toolbox here of different markers we use, um, maybe some still invasive, like the CGM you put on your arm that really measures like the fluids uh, like invasively. But also there will be an re- array of other things we can really include into our daily health checks. But this is definitely the next level of like, as you said, Garmin and all these tracking tools, because now we not only track data and have data, but we make them so actionable because we really put them into an immediate setting. So we can really calculate them now. I'm currently wearing my sensor and I can have a look at my phone after after we finish recording and see Okay, what happened just now in my body? How did I respond to this setting? Was I super stressed? How's my lunch? Because now here it's early afternoon, affecting my body. We really had already the switch of like not only measuring stuff, but making it really approachable, actionable And yeah, I think CGM will be one of the first tools where we can really make this approachable for the broad public. Then we will have a lot of different markers and sensors to look at. And in respect to glucose management, I really am looking forward to when we get the press announcement of some company that we can also non-invasively and continuously measure blood glucose, uh, which is currently not feasible and a lot of companies are working on it. So this will be very exciting in the next years.
0: That's exciting. And I love how complex the human body is. Like you oh, just yeah. said, how stressed was I? And you can get that from your glucose level.
1: Yeah, and it's super complex. And it really takes the time to also figure out what, because it, just measuring data is not really exciting anymore. And then you have a lot of data and then you're like, yeah, so what? So to really figure out what how interdependent these lifestyle pillars are of like, movement, sleep, food, etc that really takes some time but once you understand it it makes so much sense. For example, stress is like this fight or flight response we all heard about and of course you need energy for it and that's why your blood glucose might go up because your body gives you energy to for example run away <laughs> or yeah. like be alert and then always breaking it down to why our body does things always helps me to also make sense of the data.
0: That's amazing. Really amazing. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots.
1: Now that you have funding, it's time to design, build, and ship the most impactful MVP that wows customers now and can scale in the future. ThoughtBot Liftoff brings you the most reliable, cross-functional team of product experts to mitigate risk and set you up for long-term success. As your trusted, experienced technical partner, we'll help launch your new product, and guide you into a future-forward business that takes advantage of today's new technologies and agile best practices. Make the right decisions for tomorrow today. Get in touch at thopa.com/liftoff.
0: So tell me what excites you about Hello Inside the company.
1: Yeah, I mean, we founded this company with a very clear vision that we really want to help people to become experts of their body and really learn their body's language. Because this is a quite messed up system, we do not really understand our body's signals in the the daily life, for example, hunger or thirst. A lot of people cannot really tell what the body is talking to them. So we think it's a super emotional topic and especially the combination of like these really approachable, emotional, real life moments with newest tech is, I think, an amazing combination. Because we can reach people really where they are, we can give personalized insights of your personal body. This is also something that makes you so much more reliable and compliant in what you do. Then we can really display the data in a way that you can experimentally learn from it. To give you an example, in our Hello Inside app, one of the favorite features of mine is the experiment feature. So you would have a food event. Let's make it super simple: eat an apple and see um, how in your body in the next two or three hours, so that's usually when window we take into account, responds to that food. And then you compare that to one uh, factor you change. So you eat the apple with some nuts or nut butter. I would suggest that most people, but of course it's hyper-individual in, in what extent, changes in the blood glucose response just because you included the nuts, which include fat and protein. You can put these two graphs, these two blood glucose cores together, and you really see the gap between it just from including nuts in your diet. This is this nice combination of like visualization, data-driven insight, and also something where you, I mean, people love to take pictures of their food. And that's what you can easily do here.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Uh, You were talking about your story behind using uh, Hello Inside, the CGM. Do you or anybody... Any of your clients have any success stories that you would like to talk about?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we are quite a young company. We launched only in June and are live now in seven European countries and actually have some really, really cool stories. We launched with a re- very strong focus on women's health. So we developed a program which is called Hello Hormones, which helps women along the cycle via the Hello Inside app and the Continuous Glucose Monitor really uh, improve symptoms like pms which could be like bloating pains etc and a lot of women didn't really understand and how, how would they that uh, your body has a very variable response to foods depending on the menstrual cycle to visualize that also a very uh, simple example would be eat in the first half of your cycle before your ovulation a banana and eat the banana in the second half of the cycle And I can promise you, you will have a different response to it, which is super physiological, has to do with insulin sensitivity, but you cannot really make sense of that you feel differently in the phases, which you now can really do when you saw it in the data, really compared it, that you have higher levels of blood glucose, maybe in the second half. And you can make small tweaks, which help you then to increase well-being also in the second phase of the cycle before you have your period which can be by reducing inflammation, by changing how you move during the time, etc. And this is what a lot of people, a lot of women resonated with uh, trying out the program. And then, of course, we have these super nice glucose hacks you might have heard about also, where some of my favorites are definitely also always connecting what you eat with movement. So like moving your muscles after your meal. And I would say daily, we have such a high blast of user-generated content because people try it out, try the hacks, and then share their blood glucose response with us on social media. And this is so crazy to see. Also, people who are like really into their bodies, they say, I have like these aha moments all the time, just because I now understood, okay, it makes sense to have a savory breakfast. It makes sense how I eat my carbs and which order I eat my foods. We ha- have next to the social media content also some coaching sections we offer for for our clients, where we also hear a lot of those stories that they're really often so 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 surprised and so happy like that they finally made sense of their body signals.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Like I'm I'm a science geek. I'm just gonna say it. So <laughs> I love how you can run your own scientific hypothesis and stuff. Like you mm-hmm. eat a banana at this time, how did it affect me? Okay, at this time, let me eat another banana. I just love that aspect because I don't think we have anything accurate enough right now that I know of besides actual drawing your blood in a lab or something like that, that can actually give you that type of information.
1: Yeah, and especially if you take a lab just like once a month or once a quarter, then it's also really like a snapshot of the situation and might even have depended on like how much did you drink, how was the night before, like what did you eat and for some markers even there. And now you really have the the ability to make it, yeah, I would say a little bit more playful because, I mean, we of course we recommend experiments you can make, start with an apple, eat the chocolate, do the pasta versus the rice. But then you can customize it because it doesn't make sense to do experiments and try stuff out that you would never do in your daily life. So we always recommend start from where you really are, where the sensor for two, three days, just observe, and then look at what you really think is the problem for you. For a lot of people, it's the afternoon fatigue. So what could be the, the lever here? Where can we make a small change? And then you you really, as you say, a little bit research on your own body and experiment around and tweak here tweak there and that's the nice part then you come to changes that you also stick with this is what we also see in our team which are like the early adopters and we worked on it for over a year we really see that we get better blood glucose response like in the mornings and we just change a little bit what order we eat or that we if we go for ice cream we just do a walk with the ice cream and all these small things which are really feasible and very very contrary to what we also have in the diet culture a lot of like restrictive things you cannot do that you shouldn't do that i always say it's very positive psychology add that combine it here do some habit stacking here and you can really include that in your in your life further on
0: that's amazing let's transition and talk about the starting of hello inside Uh, What's the story? How did, because I think it's you and three other founders, how did y'all come about starting Kello Inside?
1: We are actually from very, very different backgrounds, uh, but we had some friends in common and some contacts. And I mean, as I said, I'm the medical doctor. I have a digital health background. So worked in digital health and other startups for over three years. My other co-founder is very much into the product and growth marketing. He was with Runtastic, which is now part of Adidas, so has rather this sport and lifestyle and background and also expertise for the product. The other one is responsible for yeah, brand and community investor relations. He, he really built also his own companies before. And the fourth is the tech guy who, who also had another worked in a in a medical startup and had his own agency. So really, as you see, different backgrounds, but very nice uh, combination because we bring a lot of skills together and combine them from very different angles. And yeah, this is also, I would say, our power. And of course, it's also at the same time a challenge because not everybody's familiar in the same depth with the topics. But I think that's that's often the the point with uh, with diverse teams that you just have to communicate well to help the other people understand where you're coming from. We have to, with my team, make research very understandable and really also explain that the tempo there sometimes is a little bit different, whereas I learned so, so much on like what it means to build a product really in a high speed, to really iterate here and there. So when we met, of course, the idea was to do something really with impact, to do something in the healthcare space, but not too far into med tech, and we really really focus on this preventative field. I mean, you always say there's no glory in prevention. Prevention is super unsexy for the individual, but also the society. And we really want to change that. Of course, Hello Inside was not Hello Inside from the beginning on. Then we found the name and we're super happy with like the company name, with the place we can make with like looking inside, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, we are very much looking forward to building an even bigger company in the next years. Wow.
0: That's amazing. Your background is the medical portion of it. And you have experience in patient care as uh, in private and public health care. So tell us more about that. Uh, Are you still practicing? And how did you get into becoming a medical doctor? Like, what was that drive? Yeah. Uh, for you to become a medical doctor
1: uh, to be frank i was a business person first <laughs> i did wow. first business uh, bachelor but that was like uh, for me ages ago <laughs> it feels <laughs> like it and after i uh, finished, finished my bachelor's i was like yeah okay i want to do something else and applied for medical school which was never on my mind before yeah and that's how it all started i also had the chance to do my master's in business at the same time so i always was like very open to look uh, left and right and then I started working in patient care, just very classical, like in a university hospital and psychotherapy. And I loved it a lot. But also I was missing something to bring in this like more innovative or creative part of my interests. That's why I had the chance for a startup I was to work at sometime in the US. It's called Ambos. It's an ad tech startup. That's where I came really in the startup field and understood from a very junior position more and more about what it means to build a company. Then I worked on coming back to Germany for the ministry actually a little bit in the field of public health and prevention for diabetes. So here you see also how it now very well fits with what we are doing now. But of course, I can only say that now looking back and got certified nutritional lifestyle medicine. And this is also something that really fascinates me a lot, like how these pillars really affect our lives all day every day and we do not learn so much also medical school about it and um, that's where i learned for myself that this is really where i want to double down on these topics and a little bit from before the the first pandemic uh, wave started i found my way into digital health for a startup being one of the first employees there and had two years then to really learn on the market with the market what it means to create a digital health company and did my postgraduate certificate in Harvard at that time. So I learned on patient safety, quality, informatics, and leadership. And all these puzzle pieces then really fit well together last year when I met my co-founders and we really iterated the idea more to build a company that combines all that, like digital health and health and prevention with yeah, also metabolic health and uh, lifestyle medicine. And of course, all the innovative things we, we didn't know that they exist before. And we are now learning on the market with. So this is how it all happened to me. And looking back, it all makes sense. But of course, there were a lot of segues. There were a lot of decisions to make on that journey.
0: Yeah, which I'm glad you brought up the decisions. That was my next question. Uh, what has been some of the toughest times in the startup? And what has been some of the most exciting times in the startup?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would even broaden that up a little bit because I just, This week we'll launch a book, which is in German, but will also be in English soon, which really is quite personal. I wrote it with two other doctors, which is called, yeah, Beyond Bedside, you could translate it. So we are all medical doctors who left Bedside and found some new pathways, two of us also as entrepreneurs. And we had a lot of those hard decisions to take. I think one of the biggest learnings is always, and I think that also applies very well for the startups, what got you here won't get you there. So you need this willingness to unlearn. You need to really understand, okay, now I'm a medical doctor, I learned a lot, but in the startup, I'm just one of many and I need to learn from the others and I need to be really, really humble about what I can and cannot do. I think this is always a problem of like funding a company. You want to be speedy because that's why you're a startup, but you also, especially in the healthcare space, need to do everything properly and you have to navigate between like Really having a high quality, having everything according to guidelines, because you always work with people. It's always something you really need to be responsible of. This is also something that we need a lot of patience for a lot of things. But yeah, in general, I would say we did quite a good job as we... Our remote first company. So we were, it was during the pandemic that we founded the company. That's where I have people all over the world working for us. I mean, that's not really specific for our company, but from what I know from colleagues as well, you just need to communicate and communicate and over communicate in different time zones to really make everybody really aware of the vision, the mission repeated again and strategic decisions need to be clear to everyone. Um, yeah. So we put a high effort also on building a nice company culture and working on, on our ideas together and also get some on sites where everybody can meet up. And yeah, this is sometimes really hard when you're so in your daily struggle and there's so much to do, but then we need to take a step back and really say, okay, we need to invest in building an even better team.
0: Yeah, definitely. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> you've done medical school, you've practiced, and you found it. Those are hard things. Let's just be honest. That, those are hard things that you have accomplished. So congratulations on that.
1: Thanks, Will.
0: What has been some of the best advice that you received to help you keep going when those things got hard?
1: do not ask the people who are like in the very classical feed for like give you an example i would not ask my uh, chief in the uh, when i work in a hospital if i should leave the the hospital because people (laughs) who have always done it like that they would never recommend you to drop out and do something new and be innovative and maybe also a little bit braver yeah so maybe the good advice from it would be ask the right people and ask a lot of people And then looking back, one thing I really learned from myself is also especially it's really hard times you have. And sometimes it's like really you're doubting yourself. You're really overwhelmed. It's a lot going on, especially those times will be like looking back the ones that can be like your hero story. Those Mm -hmm. are the ones that make you an even better person in the sense of being a coach for others and also for yourself later on. So you really need those struggles to understand and carve out what really moves your heart and where you really want to be invested. And this also, and this is probably also still the hardest for me, implies saying no to a lot of things.
0: Hmm. That's really good
1: advice. Yes.
0: Especially because you have experience in so many different areas, you can quickly overwhelm yourself yeah. by saying yes. So, wow, I really like that advice. hmm so in closing, is there anything that else that you would like to share with us or uh, with the audience?
1: Maybe something that I observe is, I mean, I, I don't know if it's in the US the same, but I could imagine it's, it's like a trend that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like that everybody thinks he or she needs to be an entrepreneur, or hmm. founder, like own something, be by yourself it's just not for everyone. I think that's okay. And that I think that's great. It's not for everyone. We need all the diverse roles. We need all the diverse kind of employees. And like being something for the sake of just being it is not a good motivation. I think that nobody should really try to force him or herself into a role just because he or she thinks it's cool. There's so many things you can do in your life and there you really should trust your gut and be also really on brutally honest to yourself and like, I just want to be really. Yeah, it doesn't. Now it sounds bad. I say, I just want to be a doctor. That's great. We need doctors. We need teachers. We need employees. There are so many great jobs, and there are so many days where I wish exactly the same. At the same time, entrepreneurship gives you so much freedom of thinking. You learn so much on the job from other people, from your whole team. So there are many roads in Crazy Town. There are many roads in the world, and this is really something we need to be aware of. That. This, exactly that is really, really cool that we can do so many things and have really diverse roles in our society.
0: I love that advice because I 100% agree with you because like, I think there's people that are CEOs and they love to get out in front of people and talk and sell the company. But then you have like a CFO or a COO that's like, I just want to run the day-to-day, the books or whatever that is. That's what I'm great at. So I, I love that advice. Exactly. Wow. And it's been amazing talking to you about Hello Inside and just to getting to know your company and you better. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for your great questions, Will.
0: I appreciate it. You can subscribe to the show and find notes along with a complete transcript for this episode at giantrobots.fm. If you have questions or comments, email us at hosts at giantrobots.fm. You can find me on Twitter at Will23Larry. This podcast is brought to you by ThoughtBot and produced and edited by Mandy Moore. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. ThoughtBot is your expert design and development partner. Let's make your product and team a success.